Merry Almost Christmas, shippers! Today, we are continuing with our Christmas series, The Princess Switch. Do we ship it or we ship? Listen to find out. Woo! I'm Steph. And I'm Devin. And welcome to We Ship It, the podcast where Devin and I and our occasional guests gossip about our favorite and not so favorite ships of all time from literature, movies, TV, and well, anywhere. And today we are continuing with our Christmas spectaculars. We knew we had to talk about a Netflix favorite that touched all of our hearts over the last year and more. Um, the Vanessa Hudgens times two, or should I say times three Hallmark-esque masterpieces? I just can't believe they put three <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens in one movie. Like, did we need that? But anyway, nothing screams Christmas like a Hallmark movie. And Netflix has truly been blessing us with an abundance of those recently. Like, I don't know if they're just trying to take over the genre or what. Have them yeah, be replaced from Hallmark movies to Netflix movies. Um, but either way, with this particular one, we are discussing all three Christmas Christmas princess swap. I said Princemas. Princemas swap. Princemas no, swap. We are discussing all three princess, <laughs> princess switch, switch movies. Yes. I always exactly. call it the princess swap. I don't know why. I know you had me confused too. So I had to rename stuff. Anyways. <laughs> so before we dive into our lovebirds under the mistletoe. I want to provide a spoiler alert. Um, we will be going into plot details about the films and don't want to spoil it for you. So, and the, actually the most recent one, the third installment came out just recently. So if you haven't watched it, I had no idea it existed. Be careful. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. And today, literally today, everyone, I was like, Devin crap, there's a third one. And I just watched it like two hours older. <laughs> I told her that as we were planning to choose these two, I saw that they were releasing a third. One. I was like, yeah, they're doing a third Listen, one. We should wait. I have been watching Christmas movies with my wrapping and making cookies. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the season I get into and I was happy to do it. I actually watched both the first or actually all three, the first, the second and the third today. Holy wow. crap. She's been busy. y'all. I have been busy. All right. So let's dive into our summary, um, we first meet Stacy DeNovo, a young baker in Chicago, and Kevin, her lifelong best friend, who helps her with her business. Mm -hmm. Kevin tells Stacy that he entered them into a prestigious baking competition in the kingdom of Belgravia and was accepted. While reluctant at first, she finally agrees to go. There she runs into her doppelganger, Lady Margaret Delacourt, Duchess of Montanaro, and fiance of crown prince edward of belgravia we love a mouthful it. i know hey. um, <laughs> desperate for time out of the spotlight margaret suggests that they switch places for two days and then switch back before the competition and margaret and edward's wedding hesitant at first as natural <laughs> stacy agrees and the two switch places lo and behold they both enjoy the switch and eventually fall in love with their counterpart stacy with prince edward and margaret with kevin long story short they have difficulty returning to their lives without the truth coming out and they ultimately confess their love um, and their switch a year later and Stacy marries Edward, and there are hints of Kevin's intention to propose to Margaret. In the second installment, and two years later, Kevin and Margaret have... <laughs> it's not going to repeat that thing. Why I'm looking thing? at you, Devin, because he yelled at me to turn my phone off, and then he had his phone buzz. Stop. I can't <laughs> help it. All right. Where was I? I'm just going to pick up in the second installment. And two years later, Kevin and Margaret have broken up and Margaret is now in line to become queen of Montanaro, hoping to find more time before the, con the coronation. Uh, Margaret again asks Stacy to switch so that she can spend time with Kevin and work on their relationship. As events transpire, another lookalike appears in the form of a Fiona. third Vanessa freaking and it's Fiona, right? Yep. Yeah. Fiona. Um, 
Margaret's Cuzzy. We <laughs> love is, to see it. <laughs> who is in desperate need of cash. She steals <laughs> the wrong girl and is eventually caught. And Margaret catches up to Kevin at the airport and they are married right on the spot. Later, she is crowned queen. Newest and third installment. Um, Stacy and Margaret are planning a Christmas festival when their centerpiece and prized relic is stolen. They must hire Fiona uh, to help them retrieve the star. And this particular film focuses on Fiona and her relationship with her ex, Pita. Ooh. In the end, Fiona and Peter confess their love and share a kiss to celebrate the new year. Now you have to tell me that there's going to be a fourth one where we get a freaking fourth <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, right. Could you imagine? Uh, uh, I mean, don't I get me wrong. Say- she is she's great at what she does. She However, is. adding one every time was kind of toxic. It's kind of hilarious. <laughs> and what I love is that like all the hubbies are like, Again? Oh, Again, okay. really? <laughs> I guess. The funniest thing ever. But either way, now that was a summary. Devin does so much better than I do on summaries. Yeah, I'm not yeah, going to okay. lie. Um, but with that, grab your cocoa, friends, and let's talk about the princess switch. Okay, first question, and it's a pretty big question to start off with. Devin doesn't usually start off this big. But <laughs> <laughs> do you believe in Christmas wishes or miracles? See, this was kind of like the theme or at least one of the themes of the first one. So I figured I'd include it um, with that old man popping up everywhere. Oh, the old man. <laughs> um, I kind of feel bad that he wasn't like included um, more throughout. I think he had an. He was in the re- third. He was. I, yeah, I think fourth. he had a reprisal in the third one. I don't remember if I saw him in the second one or not. Uh, we um, did. He was in. He was a butler or something. Was he? Okay. Regardless. Um it's part of the season really. So yes, of course I do. I think it's um, also the season where we tend to recognize more of the daily miracles that happen in our lives. And we deem them as Christmas quote unquote wishes being granted. So I think we're just in that kind of spirit that we just are more open to seeing miracles and um, believing in uh wishes coming true and if we wish upon a star or we wait for santa claus like we're just gonna be filled with so much glee and jolliness um what are your thoughts i love christmas like i just love i think you're right more than like i believe in like the fairy tale stuff that goes on i believe in just like the goodwill of men that like comes out at christmas time that allows for these types of things to happen more um i think people just are in Well, they might not be in better spirits. I mean, sometimes people don't get into the right seasonal habits. You know, there there's, you know, seasonal depression and things that come on all of this. But when people really get down to the nitty gritty of like being with family and celebrating, whether they celebrate Christmas or any other holiday, like this time of year, if you embrace it, can really be like a beautiful Mm-hmm. A beautiful time. And I think that's because people stop the hustle bustle of their typical nine to fives. And you, Tom was telling me about this the other day. He even feels bored at work. Like everyone's kind of taking a step back, taking a break, taking time <laughs> off. Like it's when you're around your family and you're trying to think of what's really important in life that these types of things happen. And that's why I love the idea of the Christmas miracle, especially in Christmas movies, especially especially in Hallmark Christmas movies where you have like the little old man that's like probably an elf or something. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's so silly, but it's like that reflects just the love and joy that comes with the natural human experience of Christmas. But I think you're right. We as humans are just more. No, you're fine. Sorry. Um, I think we as humans are a lot more have that spirit of just giving and um, making making a environment where people are more uh, gleeful and just Mm -hmm. um, wanting to share that love and compassion. Yeah. And I love the way that it's portrayed in most kids. Christmas movies is like, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you watch the polar express. um, It's just, it's symbolized in that little bell and in the multiple different Tom Hanks, like mystical characters (laughs) and like Rudolph, you see it in, um, all the magic that goes on there and the talking snowman, but those are all like symbolism for 
just the general goodwill that I think right. Christmas can bring about. And I really hope, I think more than anything this year, I hate to get sentimental, but I, I hope more than anything this year that people are, uh, they're, they're allowing themselves to get back into that spirit because I yes. feel like the past two years have just been really, We've gone really through rough. a lot, everybody. Yeah. Take a breather. Take a breather, eat a damn cookie, go hug your freaking (laughs) grandparents, like do what you've got to do, because this is what Christmas is all about. And it's just been too long without people, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm getting all sentimental. All right, let's move along. Please, before Uh, I cry. (laughs) Lady Margaret states, quote, marriage is about duty, about alliances between nations. (laughs) (laughs) What are your thoughts here? Is there some truth or is her view merely pessimistic? It's not merely pessimistic. I mean, I think in the way she's saying it here, it's pessimistic. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like there's some truth in in the whole idea of marriage being duty. Um, alliances between nations. I mean, that's something that the common person doesn't really understand, but the common person can understand like marriage is about duty, which could be um, whether or not that be serving your spouse or serving your future children mm-hmm. or, um, you know, and I don't mean serving as in servitude. I just mean like when you really love someone and you're in a relationship with them, it's part it's of just your you love do. for them that, yeah, that you would take care of them or you would try to compromise or work things out when things get tough. Um, and I think, I think the spirit of what she's saying here is not fully wrong. Um, I think her view is probably pessimistic when she's saying it. Cause isn't she being sarcastic kind of when she says it? I, I, I think in the moment, she I is, forget yeah. which moment this was in, but nonetheless, like, I, I think it's important to, to not always get your head stuck in the clouds of like, Oh, marriage is just about happiness and like being happy with whoever you're with. Right. That's so there's not two, always there's two ends of the scale here and she's exactly. on the one side. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I think there is some truth here. Marriage is about uniting two entities to one body. Um, it's about bringing together two families. Um, it's about fulfilling a duty for your other half as a husband or a wife. So yeah, I get what she's saying here. Um, the uniting of nations is the uniting of two people. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is definitely some pessimism here as well. She doesn't view marriage through the eyes of love, but instead of a duty she must fulfill for her country. Um, for her, it's more of a task she must complete than something she is looking forward to. Yeah. Um, so she kind of has this negative view of the whole situation instead yeah. of um, more of an, I mean, marriage, typically people have more of a positive <laughs> perspective on it, um, especially if they are the one partaking in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, but yeah, so that's all I got. I have a lot to say about this next question, but I want to hear what Devin has to say first. How do you feel about relationships starting on a lie? Because we see this trope a lot in different stories. It doesn't always mm-hmm. have to be a swap or a switch. But relationships starting on the premise of not full truth. And this is actually one of my biggest issues with the series. Yep. <laughs> I'm not a fan of building trust and then falling in love when you are lying and only going to destroy all that you have already built up. Um, it just sounds counterproductive and just downright deceiving to me. Mm-hmm. Um, they um, Do they mean it? Of course not. But I I just don't care for that trope. I, I don't see it as beneficial to either parties involved. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, it works out in their favor in the end, but I don't know, just lying to someone for love, it just feels weird. It's a cute little Hallmark Christmas movie it's thing. It's cute, I guess. But here's but what I'm saying. Reality, like, how the hell on. did these guys just get over it so fast? Right, like exactly. at the end, he's like, oh, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> you're not who I thought you were this entire time. Like all the things, everything that I believe about you is a lie, basically. And she's like, yeah, but like you like me. Right. And so and then he's just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's like get me, married. Right. Let's get married. At least One I do appreciate. I do appreciate that. He says, let's get married in a year if you still love me. It's not mm-hmm. like the whole Cinderella. I, I saw you one time. Didn't know who you were. We're getting married. I agree now. with that. Um, but still, I do think they're a little bit too like 
oh, this whole relationship was a lie. Okay. Um, I think the guys in this series, just generally, I was telling Devin this before, are too like accepting and forgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think it's a little bit toxic. Like they keep getting lied to for no good reason. And like the second movie, she totally could have told her husband, Edward, that she was switching. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that. It just created drama not to. And that's why I'm like, I I'm going to get to that later, too. I'm mad about that. I the guys in this movie just don't stand up for themselves enough. But in the general premise of how do I feel about relationships starting in a lie? I don't love it. I mean, it doesn't really make a ton ton of sense because (laughs) I've been in relationships where I've hidden things about myself. And it's never ended well. And this is hiding your entire name, your personality. Like, it, it just seems like such a big thing. But, you know, for a Hallmark Christmas movie, it'll make you feel warm and bubbly. It gives inside. you the nice fuzzies, which yeah. is fine. But yep. it's not in, in reality. Lying is bad, everybody. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Moving along, um, besides the swapping of roles, how does the switch bring out different sides of these ladies? And why are their counterparts attracted to each other and vice versa? Well, I think that it gives them an opportunity and a space to be the people that they're actually meant to be, which this is something that I actually like about the movies is that they're both kind of confined by their um, by their surroundings. Like, obviously... Mm-hmm. Uh, what's her name? What's I forget their freaking name. Stacy or Margaret. Oh, hmm. Stacy is sort of she's a control freak that yep. she's running a business, but it's kind of not doing great. Like all these different things. Um, she's clearly like princess material. We kind of see that from the beginning. And then the other one, Margaret, she she just doesn't want the life that she's in. She wants to live a normal life. And she wants to do things that she's not just told to do. And I think this like switch allows them to grow into those sides of themselves that haven't matured yet because they haven't given them the time or chance to mature. Right. Um, we see Stacy kind of learn what it is she actually wants from life, um, that she actually wants a partner that's serious, um, a little bit more mature. And that we see Margaret who wants a little bit more fun and freedom in her life. And so that that space allows them to do that. And I think why are their counterparts attracted to them? Well, first of all, uh, oh, God, I don't know their names either. They're so dang many. Edward and Kevin. Okay, Edward. (laughs) We'll take Edward for the first one. Um, I could picture him because I think he's hot, but his name escapes me. Um, Edward. I think was surprised at how intelligent she was about policy, how serious she was that she had a respect for rules. You know, she was curtsying to him. I think Margaret probably was rolling her eyes about that. Um, (laughs) I think that he felt like they had very similar values and that was something that he appreciated. And then Kevin, I mean, we see it from the beginning. He's like, she's too intense. And then she starts to become less intense. And he's like, okay, you're the girl I thought was hot. but less intense. This is great. Um, So I think that's what attracts him to her is her spontaneity. I mean, they get married at a freaking airport at random like that. It's consistency there. They, they they're spontaneous. I do. Yeah. I do enjoy that. Yeah. But what about you? What do you think, Devin? Um, See this on the other hand is something that I do like from this particular switch. Um, I love that it, breaks them out of their ruts in life, like you said, and forces them to try to be different. Um, For example, Margaret just wants to be a regular girl and experience what it might be like to not have to have the weight of an arranged marriage and the duty of her country on her shoulders. Um, She becomes much more spontaneous and willing to try everything, no matter what it is. Um, Even if she's not going to like it, she's still willing to try it just for the experience. because it's all a brand new opportunity for her. Um, Stacy, on the other hand, is able to allow her strong-minded nature to shine through and in decisions and care she takes in acting as the role of a princess. Like, um, I forgot what the name of the orphanage is, but she goes, I think it's St. Michael's or Matthew's. I don't remember which one, um, but she goes to the orphanage and she, she plans the entire thing. Like she says like, no, this is what we're doing. And we're also going to bring gifts. And so I think it's a really cool moment for her to shine. Um, Mm -hmm. 
the role is becoming of her and makes her realize that there is more to life than simply running a bakery. Um, as, um, as much of, of a talent that is, she can be so much more um, than just accepting the life that she once had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do enjoy that there is a lot of growth in the switch. There um, is. I feel bad for the guys, but they grow a lot. Yes. I, I And I think the guys do grow as well. Um, they recognize what they do want yeah. um, versus what they've been missing. In a yeah, sense. that's true. That's actually true. Um, Not that they know why, but. <laughs> correct. Exactly. <laughs> All right. All right. So next question. These two couples managed to fall in love in a matter of two days. <laughs> We've talked about fast and furious love a lot on this show, but do you find this believable? Can love actually happen in two days? He's about to be pessimistic. I'm not happy. <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay. This is where the Hallmark movie magic comes into play. And I'm not sure if I find it 100% believable. Could it happen? Sure. Absolutely. Love is all about the moments that build up. Um, if you're a fan of Hello Dolly, one might even say that love only takes a moment. However, the devotion that these ladies show at the end of the film, especially Stacy, who accepts a proposal and a, a marriage a year later, is a bit extreme for only spending two days with these guys. Um, and for, like you said, for them to just, yeah, I, totally, oh, I'm fine with, I'm yeah, fine with this. You lied to me, great. Um, I mean, I get that it's Hallmark and they do their own thing, but. Um, it just seems too extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you get these brief moments and that's not love. I don't think like, I don't know. Can you fall in love with someone for only the brief moments that you spend with them throughout the day? You can enjoy them. You can admire them. Is it love? I don't know. We know. can't <laughs> over quantify it, Devin. This is why I always have a problem with these types of questions because you can't quantify. Like, if you tried to look at a relationship and say, this is the moment that we fell in love, you couldn't even really do that. Like, that's my, right. my difficulty because, like, fast and furious, you know, love at first sight, love is just, I do believe it's possible. I'm not going to say it's like a likely thing. I, they could have fallen in love. I don't really think if they didn't wait a year, if he was just like, let's get married tomorrow. I think that would have been a bad thing. Fair. Fair. Like, I think that that would have been a bad thing. Could they be in love? Let's get married tomorrow. Yeah. That's like Disney. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. If they're like, if they're like, I loved you after two days, I think that's believable, but they were rational yeah. about it and they didn't make a lifelong commitment until they knew they could. So if they, you know, I find it believable that they end up waiting. I don't know if I, I don't think Kevin and that girl knew they were in love, but I don't think it's believable that Kevin and Margaret are in love right away. And I think the movie actually tells us that when in the second one, they're still figuring themselves out. Um, but I th- I do think Stacy and uh, Edward, they have something. I agree. Their kisses are pretty passionate. And can I just freaking say, I was saying this to Tom, Vanessa Hudgens got to kiss three hot men in one yeah. movie. Unbelievable. Yep. And not just once, like several times. Yes, several times. I was like, Vanessa, this was Vanessa Hudgens' idea. She was like, I'm going to make this movie so I can smooch three hot guys. <laughs> All right. Next one. Um, We're moving into the second film now. Um, So is Antonio right? Between a count and a baker, should Margaret choose based on love or who would a better consort be for a queen? Antonio is a son of a bee. Okay, that guy (laughs) is not right from the moment he's in the movie. I had a bad stinking feeling about him from the moment I saw his face. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, It's a valid question, though, to be talking about, you know, can he be happy and can she be happy with someone who's not in, not really in the same lifestyle as the other person? Because lifestyle is everything. If you're going to live with someone, you're going to marry them. Like 
you have to be prepared because he's going to have to go to functions where to accept who they are and what role they play. Yeah, exactly. And, and she's going to have to accept the fact that he's not a king, like, and she's not going to have help on the public policy decisions and things that she needs. Like, it's just not how it's going to be in their relationship. And I think they do a good job of accepting that and helping each other where they can um, from what we see in the third movie. Um, Right. But I, I think it's a fair question to ask. I don't think that being a baker or being a queen makes it impossible to love one or the other. I think it's just you have to be willing and able to accept the lifestyle that comes with marrying someone with such a high profile job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What about you? Uh, overall, yes. Uh, Margaret should definitely choose based on love. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to think long term and, and also for yourself be selfish for once um however it's not wrong of her to also think about who would be better to help her lead her people um this is all new to her and she needs someone there who will support her and help her make decisions for the good of the country does that mean that kevin can't fit both roles just because he's a baker absolutely not um he's never given her a reason to doubt before um so there shouldn't be one now unless he tells her flat out, like, this isn't the life that I envisioned for myself yep. or which for my Which he never daughter. did, which he never right. did. Right. Um, she just made the assumption, which we'll get to later on one of our questions. Um, but yeah, so like you were saying, like you have to think about you and what will help you out long-term, mm-hmm. not just the country, because the country will be fine. You, like you will make decisions and that'll be fine. But the stress and the, the energy that is drained out of you every day in, in filling that, fulfilling that role, you're going to need somebody in the background to help be that steady pillar, not to also um, make you or force you to think about all these things on your off time. Yeah. Um, so those are my thoughts. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Is it fair to Edward for Stacy to dedicate time to Margaret and Kevin's relationship, but not her own? Mm. Kevin, ah. he's grumpy. <laughs> no, this poor dude just wants to spend some more time investing into her. Completely and their, reasonable. And their relationship. And he can't catch a break she's too focused on the future of the country or on making plans or helping margaret that she sets her own relationship on the back burner and deserts her husband she literally runs away from him (laughs) i feel bad that kevin was tossed aside and that their story was lacking in the second film um, because i really enjoyed them i really enjoyed their relationship in the first film and i didn't get as much of that in the second one yeah um I'm not sure the writers did a decent job at maintaining that balance between Kev and Margaret and Edward and Stacy. Edward even blames himself for being overbearing when he just wants to spend some time on the- He just wants uh, to see his dang wife. He just wants some one-on-one time. That's all he wants. That's all he's asking. Is that too much to ask? Apparently so. (laughs) I feel bad for him, but Stacy, you do you. (laughs) No, Stacy, don't you do you. Go love your husband. Oi. But either way, sorry, moving on. Um, is it fair for Edward? Is it fair to Edward? No. And this is, it kills me that moment that like he's sitting down with her thinking she's Margaret. And he's like, what do you think? He's I'm pouring doing his wrong? heart out to her. Yeah. And she's like, oh shit, I didn't even realize. Like this girl needs to seriously take a deep dive and look into her own relationship. If he's feeling this way, it means that she hasn't really done a great job of communicating her own feelings towards him because she had no idea he was feeling this way. (laughs) Um, None whatsoever. So I think, and it's not entirely her fault. I think he's also a little bit sensitive of a man, but. Is that wrong? No, (laughs) sensitive is great, but I think that it's great, (laughs) but I think not really selling it there stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But I think, I think that she, she has neglected it because she's Mm -hmm. been so obsessed with this other relationship that she's not even looking at her own, which which is fine. You can 
want to support your friends in their relationships, but ultimately focus on your own first. You can't, you can't help somebody else if you don't help yourself first. Right. That's like, that's like when you're on the airplane, they tell you to like, make sure you mask yourself before you (laughs) mask the person next to you. (laughs) Right. Make sure you've taken care of your own self before you, you know, oh my gosh. Right. Well, moving on, Devin. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we learned that the reason Kevin and Margaret parted is because of the assumption that what they wanted for each other didn't line up. So how do our expectations of love interfere with the reality of love? Expectations are the bane of love's existence. Okay. Whether it be you're expecting too much or you're expecting too little and you leave someone or you're expecting too much and they don't live up to it. We have seen this time and time again in relationships where somebody loves the idea of someone else or they're expecting one thing from someone. They don't get it. And therefore, like we see here, they just break up because they're not good at communicating and their expectations don't line up. Right. And it's like, they interfere with the reality of our feelings because clearly when Kevin and Margaret get back together and they're in person again, they're like, Oh, I do want this. And it's just like, you, you can spend so much time far apart from someone else making up lies in your own head about, Oh, I'm not going to be good enough or she's not going to want me to be with her or whatever. Just go and see the person recognize the reality of it. And I think Antonio or whatever his name is makes it worse when he's talking to Kevin. Um, But what I do like is that we can see the pure love in their eyes when they do come back together that they've been missing for a whole year. I love at the beginning of it, Kevin looks like he's been through hell. And it's like this scruffy beard. Yeah, he's like, (laughs) this dude needs a haircut. And like, then he sees her and it's like, oh, his eyes light up again. I think people just need to stop expecting. I mean, expect standards. Okay. Expect respect. <laughs> you should be able to set your standards, but not necessarily. Yeah. But don't think that a person's going to be an angel or that you have to be the perfect mold to be with someone else. Like if someone loves you, they love you. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's my piece, you know? Nice. I think sometimes, <laughs> like you said, I think we expect too much from love. Um, we try to make something out of it that it's not. Um because of all the hallmark moments and the cliche tropes, love is altered in our minds and it becomes something far different than reality. Um, we want everything to go perfect. And if it doesn't, then it's not true love. Right, right. And that's not always going to be the case. Um, it's just in reality, like love is messy. And th- when you have a conflict, or when you have the assumption that is made, then you really should be talking about it. And I know that's kind of secondhand coming from us, but regardless, um, their distance is what really hurts their relationship. Mm -hmm. And it creates an even bigger distance socially between them. Um, so not just ge- ge- geographically, but also socially, it just puts a divide in who they are and what they yep. want. Um, so I, yeah, I think that we as a society kind of create different expectations than what we should mm-hmm. um, when it comes to love um, and anything in general, we kind of expect more than what and i think we talked about this prior like we expect more than what we should earn um so yeah with that all right in the third we're moving on to the wild ride that (laughs) was the third (laughs) installment as much as i was looking forward to this one i don't know how i felt at the end i just tom thought the one guy who kept getting injured was funny like he was laughing at that. The one with the accent. Yeah. Like he was actually <laughs> funny. But what the hell was that storyline? Either way, in the third installment, the story focuses on the feisty Fiona and Peter. And I do say I like her backstory. Mm-hmm. I don't like I the weird plot. But how does their saying no matter what, no matter where relate to love? 
Yeah, I agree with you. I do like the I do like her story. I do like the backstory that they have as mm-hmm. a unit. Um, but moving on from the question, um, this said, um, this saying speaks volume. Um, it really stands for what love, true love, in any relationship, whether it be friendship, family, or romantic, is all about. Um, being there no matter what, regardless of what you have going on, if you're needed, you're there. Um, no questions asked. Being there no matter where, regardless of how far you need to travel or mm-hmm. whatever the circumstance, the devotion that is illustrated in the saying is quite powerful. Um, I don't it's know. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it's very simple too. No matter what, no matter where. Like it's that very is actually the sweetest storyline. Like I relate so much because you know we're human beings. We're imperfect, and I've just had a, a lot of relationships—not relationships, even rom- just romantic ones, but relationships right. in my life where people have let me down. And it's like everyone needs the one person or the few people who no matter what they've done or no matter what they've said or no matter what's happened that like they'll be there for them. Mm-hmm. And I am so freaking blessed that I have a family that's like that. I have Devin. Get I have out Tom. Of here. <laughs> like there are just, you know, Michelle, people in my life that like no matter what I need, I know that they'll be there for me. And that's what this little relationship really called about in my heart. And I love that they brought it up during a Christmassy like episode or a Christmassy movie because it's such an important sentiment to become to be coming back to at Christmas of appreciating mm-hmm. those people who come back into your life every year around this time because they love you. And like, even if it's inconvenient to make a trip down to, you know, see your family or whatever it is, people do it and they continue doing it because they love each other. And that's so freaking beautiful. And these two, like the fact that you see them as kids saying no matter what, no matter where it's like, and looking up into the the constellations. And yeah, like, it's so When you look cute. at the stars, I'm looking at the stars with you. Oh, uh, <laughs> what's the thing from Dear John? We got to do Dear John, by the way. But oh boy, what, do you have you seen it? I believe I have. I no don't matter where you it. are in the world, the moon's no bigger than your thumb. That's oh, what yeah. it is. Yep, yep. <laughs> but either way, we got to do Dear John next. Eventually, we'll get there. Um, Wait, where are you in Gilmore Girls? Season two. What? You're only in season two, Debbie? Now, now, I've oh been doing gosh. the best I can. They are long episodes, Missy. That um, is hilarious. Season two, episode 11, 12. Um, I don't know how I feel about Jess. We'll get there eventually. We, we, will, we will get there, definitely. Devin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving along before we get too caught off guard. Um, Fiona states, you were right. I do shut people out. It's always safer that way. Why is it our initial reaction to close our hearts from people? What advice would you give to someone who struggles to open up? I think there's a few things. I think one, it could be from a past experience, like in Fiona's case, where we feel like we've been burned or we've been scarred by people before and we don't want to get hurt again. Um, More often, though, I think in the society today, I think it's like an apathy. Like this isn't really related to the movie, but in the movie, it's because she's afraid. In life, I think that we're apathetic Um, and like like apathetic to the point where we're isolated a lot, like because of social media, because we're Mm -hmm. working from home, Um, just because that's the nature of our society. We isolate ourselves from community and humanity a lot. And what advice would I give to someone who struggles with that? Number one, not all people are equally bad or equally good. So if you've had an experience with someone who really makes it hard for you to open up, um, number one, I would say do whatever you need to do to to come to terms with whatever happened first. Find closure, um, whether that be forgiving the person, praying, reaching out to them or not reaching out to them and cutting them out. Like do the thing you need to do to get rid of the baggage like she did. You know, she hugged her mother. She closed that up. Um, And then, you know, Don't look, don't judge a book by its cover. Essentially, don't look at someone else and say, 
well, this happened to me in the past and you seem to have similar traits. So therefore you, you're going to hurt me too. Don't just don't do that because when we start to do that, we lose out on so many opportunities of community and for the apathetic ones out there, because I'm sort of like you at times, um, try to remember that we all need each other and we all belong to each other. And even if it's hard to leave your house and even if it's hard to make the plans that you need to make or forgive the people you need to forgive, um, life is always better when there are more people around. And I say that as an introvert. So take that as you will. Exactly. Um, but I think um, this happens because we just think it would be easier. Mm-hmm. And that way there's no need to fear getting hurt. Um, it's like a survival instinct. No one ever wants to get hurt. We will try to do anything in our power to avoid being hurt, even if that means limiting or withholding who we are. Um, if we don't open up, then no one really sees the real me and I can't get hurt. No big deal. No harm done. That's also um, true. Fear of judgment, rejection. Yeah. Um, but that's the worst thing we can do. It stifles everything that makes us human or special and forces us to just be blah. Mm-hmm. Um, we see this when Fiona puts up her walls and doesn't allow her mother or Peter in. Um, she disassociates herself from the situation and becomes a shell of the person she's meant to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when it comes to my advice uh, for someone struggling to open up would be first to acknowledge that, yeah, it is difficult to open up. Mm-hmm. It feels weird and there are risks and there are fears of acceptance. Um, it's a big step. But once you make that acknowledgement, you can take the next step and find the right people to open up to. Find those who are patient, um, yep. who have common interests and are active listeners. Um, not everyone has the not skill, not talent, but the heart for patience um, or the heart to be an active listener. Everyone wants mm-hmm. their opinion to be heard or wants yeah. their voice to be heard. Uh, and I we, I actually was talking about this with some of my um, coworkers at school. I think a lot of kids, like we were discussing, like, why do they yell at each other so much? Like raising their volume, not like, uh, not like actually like angry yell, but just like loudness i'm thinking and I'm, i was thinking like maybe just because they don't feel like they're being heard so they have to get to that next level then that then the person that they're talking to has to get to the next level so they're, they're just they just get to that excitement of yelling yeah we see that, that a lot today <laughs> um but um find people who are active listeners find people that you have common interests with and those who you invest, excuse me, those who invest in you are the ones you should also invest into. Mm. And with that, I want to jump into just one little fun Christmassy holiday mm-hmm. question that we have here. Uh, what is your favorite Christmas tradition or holiday tradition? Yeah, I couldn't remember if we asked this one prior, but I figured regardless. I don't think we have. Going, people are still going to enjoy um rehearing what we Mm -hmm. love to do so one of my favorite christmas traditions is waking up and enjoying some uh, monkey bread before or even after our presents it's it's so ooey and gooey and the goodness um it's it's a special treat for us as a family every year um it's something that i look forward to like i know that on christmas day we are going to have monkey bread like it's just like that classic like um we don't necessarily do a whole lot of traditional stuff for Mm -hmm. christmas besides like going to church and i love um, i love having that one thing you look forward to like no matter what it is like it's like for for thanksgiving like you wake up and you watch the thanksgiving day parade like that's the one thing like even if that's it like um so that's definitely one thing i look forward to um another of my favorites is watching a movie or two on christmas day with a family having family over um just talking about like what we enjoy about the season and stuff. And yeah. Yeah. What about for you? What I love is my family. Um, we're Catholic. So we celebrate Advent. Um, mm. And it's a 40 day, not 40 day. I forget exactly. <laughs> I'm thinking of Lent right now. It's like a couple of weeks before Christmas. It yeah. starts. Um, 
And what we do every year is we'll have the Advent ceremony every Sunday for the four weeks prior to Christmas. And then at the first day, we all pick. So we and Tom's just been added to this. So it's been a whole thing. Uh, But we put all of our names in a hat. And then we pick one of the names out of the hat, out of my little family. And that's a person that we have to go above and beyond and be nice to for the season. And what we were, what we used to do as kids is we used to make a, we we had to hand make a gift for the person for Christmas. Um, And then what it sort of became because none of us are any good at making things um, (laughs) is we have to write a letter to the person that's read aloud Christmas Eve in front of everybody. Yeah. So I love that. Oh, it's great. So every Sunday we'll do the Advent ceremony. And then during the week, we're supposed to do a little something that's like special um, for our special person. And then we write them a letter and read it to them. And most often there are tears and things. And you can imagine Tom struggling with something like that. But he was initiated last year and it was it was actually quite good. He did a roast of my brother, Matt. So that was perfection. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could be there. Um, I also really enjoyed last season when we made um, Christmas cookies together. We should do that again. Devin, I have 10 different kinds of cookies to make, so we should do it. it. Wait, you came over. That means you came over during the holiday season. I came after. Yeah. Oh, was it like the week after? Yeah. Why don't you come? We should do it. Yeah, and we'll do cookies again on live and everybody it. can watch us make stupid <laughs> cookies. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, all right. Moving right along. Um, that way we're not distracting you guys too much and getting to the point. But um, our final question, as always. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> For the next blooper reel. Yeah. <laughs> um, do we ship it? And who do we ship the most? <laughs> well, um, this is going to be. Yes, I ship it. OK, <laughs> I ship the general hallmark tropey situation that got them all to where they need to go. I think each relationship has its ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one I ship the least actually is Margaret and Kevin. Really? Yeah, I just am bored by them. Like their reunion was like, okay. Um, the one I ship the most, I think. You're not is a fan Edward of the airport? You're not, you're not I hate airport? that trope. I hate when they go to, like anyone goes to the airport and they're like, I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. What I prefer, I loved Edward and Stacy. I actually was kind of enjoying Fiona and what the hell is this? Peter. Name? Peter, yeah. Uh, I kind of enjoyed their story too. For yeah. me, Margaret and Kevin were a little bit boring. Yeah, so I shipped them all too. Um, but I kind of chose Margaret and Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, although I really love Stacy and Edward and they have some great moments, I don't know if I can forgive her for not investing in her own relationship before assisting Margaret. Mm-hmm. That's just, I don't know. I really like those two. But the second movie just did not. Their kisses are better. But it just the second one and even the third one, I don't think it showcased their relationship further. It was like it stopped or it halted or it was just like, okay, we're princess and a prince now. Like there's there's no development. I don't know. It felt lacking to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I like that Margaret and Kevin have some layers and development. Um, There's some fears involved and they all kind of experience fears, but um, she becomes what about stepmother. Fiona Devin I enjoyed Fiona and her story as well yeah I like um, they, them they, uh, all of them have issues they need to work through and they aren't just a we met two days later I love you couple they they struggle they have to work mm-hmm. at it um, but although I don't necessarily care for the trope and the, the multiple switchings and the switchings uh, switchings on top of it's switchings a cute and switchings. Series. It is it's fun. It's it's a it's a heartfelt, it's a nice warm, let's grab a blanket and some tea or cocoa or whatever mm-hmm. and enjoy a, a good um Vanessa Hudgens movie. So 
For sure, for sure. And there you have it, shippers. Our thoughts on the princess switch. Now let's hear from some watchers. First, I want to read this one from Christina. Hi, Christina. Christina says it's a super feel good Christmassy movie without over the top Hallmark. Mm. <laughs> no, totally. <laughs> uh, family friendly. And who doesn't want to watch an older Gabriela Montez? Heck yeah. I can't believe Devin and I, I didn't talk about the fact that High School Musical. I was like, you know what? I told Tom this before. I was like, Vanessa Hudgens just hasn't kissed a hot guy since Zac Efron. And therefore she wanted to kiss, <laughs> she had three. To kiss three. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, awesome. I love her. I love her a lot. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, but we got another fun comment from Bethany. Bethany says, well, I love, love, love Edward and Stacy. Sweetest Insta love. Um, love how she shows him there's more to being a prince than logistics and how he shows she's strong and kind and a natural leader. Um, plus their chemistry is off the charts. Um, I'm a big Vanessa Hudgens fan and I know this movie is corny and cheesy and predictable. And I love every second of the cheesy content. Yes. <laughs> also the sequels are just as cheesy and predictable and I love them too. <laughs> yep. It's great. Netflix definitely knows what they're going for with this for sure. series. Um, and then our last and final quote here from Page Rage Podcast. Thank you guys for reaching out. Uh, definitely a guilty pleasure. And yet we've watched all three. Uh, <laughs> we love it. We love it. I mean, we watched all three, too, for some reason. Mm -hmm. So here we are. But thank you to Christina and Bethany and Page Rage for your awesome thoughts. We are so excited for the holiday season. As you all know, I'm already decorated and working on my fifth batch of cookies. Yummy. Yee. Can't wait. <laughs> <sighs> and yes, we definitely know that you love your decorating <laughs> stuff. Too much. She too decorates much. for every, every single holiday. holiday, guys. Yes, yep, and yes. I, I love the enthusiasm. Thank um, you, Devin. Now, don't forget, as you're shoveling snow, sitting by fires and wrapping gifts, listening to us, possibly rate mm -hmm. and review. We ship it. We would love to know your thoughts. And if you're enjoying us or how we could improve, just let us know. Yep. And as always, follow us on social media. Devin crushes it on Instagram. Get out of here. So go show him some love. <laughs> join us in our community. And if you'd like to join for an episode or send in a comment, Email us at weshipapodcast at gmail.com. And that's a wrap. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I was really hoping he was going to do it like that. <laughs> but we love you guys. Enjoy your holiday season. And remember, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. Bye.